Are you struggling to determine what's ethical and what's not for your business or practice? It may be because you haven't delved deeply into your why, your why for your business. Called by many a unique and deep approach, the Why Workshop is a self-paced $77 mini course that guides you in a multifaceted dive into why you do what you do. The resulting ahas can become the heart of your brand and filter all of the decision-making in your business. Go to defythestatusquo.com forward slash the hyphen why hyphen workshop to learn more. If it means enough to them, they'll make the investment. If what means enough to them, you might be wondering. If their dream of entrepreneurship means enough to them. But when you're talking coaching and consulting investments, how much is too much? Let's get into it. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, and we are continuing our deep dive into the entrepreneurship industries, also known as the coaching and consulting industries, assumptions and questioning those and examining them. And today we're going to talk about exactly what the title indicated, coaching investments. How much is too much? And I asked that question knowing that uh, besides entrepreneurs in general, a lot of my audience is made up of coaches and consultants themselves who are creating offers and also pricing those offers as one does when they create something to offer to the market. So I was journaling around this question like I have all the other questions and I asked myself, should we follow the 10% rule like in regulated investments for the entrepreneurship industry, for the coaching and consulting industry. Of course, I realized that the vast majority of online businesses, so coaches, consultants, service providers, they don't actually have a budget most of the time. So for the sake of this exercise, we will assume that there is a budget. <laughs> but it does beg the question, what does a good budget look like for a coaching, consulting, or online service business? Like, what does that look like? Because pretty much every other industry has an allotment or a, a, set, a portion of the budget set aside for coaching and consulting services for the company and for their employees. So it might be a threshold of 5% of revenue or 10% of revenue, or it might be matched up against a certain percentage of the employee's salary. So it might be like 2.5% of the employee's salary, whatever that amount is, that's what we'll devote to personal and professional development for our employees, whatever it is. However, when a coach or a consultant is trying to pick up like another small business person, another coach, another consultant, they will take like every last drop. They will take every last drop. Nowhere else will you find someone who considers your entire month's revenue their just reward. The tactics are built, right? The sales tactics are built to anchor you to how much money you will make when you're done with their program, right? You'll be making 10K, 15K, 20K per month 
even though they actually have no way to guarantee that. So, but when they present it to you, if they're you're thinking like, oh, I'm gonna make 15K every month, and they tell you it's three thousand dollars for this program or five thousand dollars or more, depending again on where the threshold is, it feels like a no-brainer. And I mean, to be honest, having been through a bro marketing program, they teach us to make it a no-brainer. I explicitly remember being told you want to make it a no-brainer for your prospect. And it is a no-brainer because you've stopped using your brain. You've stopped thinking critically, which is what these tactics are designed to do, to keep the brain out of it. Now, to some extent, this is true, right? We don't want to present something that doesn't make sense. So we don't want to present something that's nonsensical, something that's convoluted. We want to present something that's simple, something that's clear, right? But right now we've reached an extreme where people are putting on their sales pages, all of these things are worth $870,000, but I'm only charging 10,000, right? Like that's not real. Like who said that it was worth $870,000 or $777,000? Like who said that? Who said that? Truthfully, I don't want clients who don't actually think about working with me. The work we're going to do won't be easy. Working with me, choosing to work with me, thinking about it and choosing, making that decision to work with me will probably be almost the easiest part of this whole thing. I need to know that you've given it thought and you're committed because we are going to be looking in some dark places. We're going to be looking into some hard to find places because when you're looking to address the questions of ethics, when you're looking to address the questions of very serious decisions, right? Decisions you may need to justify to others later. These are not simple things. So I need to know that you've thought about it and you're committed. But anyway, back to the topic at hand, coaching investments, how much is too much? Let's do some math. Now, I will tell you, over the years, I have consistently told myself that I am bad at math, bad at math, not good at math. That's beside, like, despite the fact that I took college level calculus in my senior year and still managed to scrape by with like an A minus, I still tell myself that I am not good at math. It just doesn't feel natural to me, but, you know, I do all right. So anyway, let's assume you're making $5,000 or less per month. The reason why I'm picking that group of coaches, consultants, online service providers, entrepreneurs, the reason why I'm picking that group is because this is the group I feel I see the most marketing targeted towards. Like the most top level marketing I feel is targeted towards this group of entrepreneurs, this group of small business owners who are making $5,000 or less per month. And then of course, there's a whole segment out there who specifically targets coaches and consultants who make less, who are at 5K or less per month, right? So there are coaches and consultants, right? Coachception, the Coachception episode, y'all remember that? Coaches who coach coaches. There's a whole segment out there who specifically cater or target those people in that revenue bracket. So if the program is $10,000, you're spending two months worth of revenue. That's not counting, like that's not accounting for your taxes. That's not accounting for your bills, your owner's expenses, uh, operational expenses, none of that. It's just the whole two months, right? And that's largely because you've bought the dream where you're making double or triple what you're making right now. So to spend 10K believing that by the end of the program, you're going to be making 15K months, right? That kind of doesn't make sense. It's like taking out loans because you're about to have a massive payday from a recently deceased relative or a scratch-off ticket. Like, don't start counting your chickens before they hatch, right? Like, I have chickens, so I know what I'm saying. 
like I had ducks. I had ducks. And my ducklings, they had got, they were born when it was super muddy outside. And we also had a little bit too much inbreeding. And I was like, oh, we're going to have all these ducks. It's going to be great. Lots of the ducks actually died. <laughs> so, so the reason why is I think it was that inbreeding. Um, but do not count your ducklings, I guess in this case. Do not count your ducklings before they hatch. Okay? So back to the question. When you prepare to make investments, right, like regulated investments in real estate, whatever it is, like stocks and stuff, right, like Robinhood, like you don't even want to use those mobile app stuff, they have you indicate that what you're investing is 10% or less of your income into the platform. And yes, you could lie, but they asked you, which they have to do by law. Why is the financial industry obligated, regulated, to ask? to protect consumers from businesses that engage in predatory practices to make more money. Does that sound familiar to you? So going down this path, we do have to ask the question, where's the division of responsibility? And this is something that I've been addressing more in my episodes. And I'm actually going to devote a future episode just to this topic of division of responsibility. So don't worry, we will get into this. But honestly... It sounds like a good rule of thumb for the business owner, but should is like is the coach or consultant actually responsible to ask them like how they're paying, right? Is it should they be asking if it's 10% or less of their revenue for the time frame of the program? And you'll understand that particular phrase, revenue for the time frame of the program here in a minute. But I, you know, you might not think that like like that's not your responsibility. It's the client's responsibility. But I would hazard to say that if it's part of the coach or consultant's goal to help clients make the best choice for them, isn't ensuring that they aren't recklessly spending or at least being sure the client is aware of the risk part of that goal. Now, I'm not saying that you need like bank statements and stuff because coaching and consulting, that's a relationship built on trust. So if this person wants to start out your professional relationship by lying to you, then that's, I mean, I was just going to tell you how the rest of the relationship is going to go, right? So it, I don't think it's, I don't think it's on the coach or consultant to like pin down somebody's bank statements. But I think that because this is a business decision, it is on the coach or consultant to create an environment where everybody is very transparent about the risks involved. One of those risks, not even being like, oh, maybe I won't get results for you at all. Like, I'm not saying that that is a, a risk you need to openly state unless you're a trash coach or consultant and you aren't going to get risks or aren't going to get any <laughs> benefits or actually achieve the objectives that you've been marketing. So, I mean, if you're a trash coach or consultant, then maybe that's the case. But, right, for a lot of coaches and consultants, I'm sure you can admit that sometimes it just takes a little bit longer or a lot a bit longer right? Because there were unforeseen hurdles, personal things that pop up, right? So that's the other thing. We have to be open about these discussions and transparent about cost. Like the last episode I was talking about, right? Fee transparency. We need to be transparent about the risk that's involved when we make these types of business investments, because that's what it is. So what might this look like? And I'm trying to come up with ways that we might be able to standardize some things. So a lot of this is open to interpretation. And I came up with a formula for program investments. So the formula is the program cost divided by a 10% investment threshold. That equals 
the revenue needed, right? The revenue that the client or prospect rather should be at. And then you take that number, the revenue needed, right? Or the revenue recommended, and you divide that by the program length in months. And that tells you the recommended monthly revenue for your target market. So someone more logical than I could probably simplify the formula, but I simplified it enough to put it in a freaking Google Doc or a Google Sheet, and now it's a, a widget on my website if all has gone well and I've been able to embed that. <laughs> but look at that number, right? A client, if, so let's, let's walk it through for, for a 5K program because that seems to be the fun number that people pick. And I'm picking that the budget is 10% of their annual revenue right? But I added an additional layer for risk management. I also input that it should actually be 10% of the client's revenue for the length of the program. So let's walk some numbers through. If a program is $5,000 and it's a 12-week program, that's three months, then the client should be making $16,666 per month already. That 5K is 10% of their expected revenue for the duration of the program, right? But look at that, like think of that number, $16,666 a month. A client would be well over the monthly revenue target of most 5K business coaching programs because they usually aim for like, you know, 10 or 15, right? And that's a 5K program. That's a 5K program. So the program cost, $5,000 is divided by 10% investment threshold, and that's a decimal, so 0.10, that's the division. That equals $50,000 of revenue earned in that quarter-long program. So your prospect should already be expecting to make $50,000 during that quarter. That $50,000 is divided by three months, that's the program length, and that's how I got to $16,666 for monthly revenue. That person is making $200,000 per year in their business. They're already above the 100K a year threshold. What if the program length changes? So now we're playing, we're adjusting and manipulating the variables in this equation. These variables are the only things you should be manipulating. (laughs) Only things. So if the program is six months long, they'd still need to earn 50K because the other variable that we haven't manipulated is the $5,000, but now we've changed the length of the program. So they need to earn 50K over that six months. So that would put them at $8,333 per month. That's $100,000 basically. And if your aim is 10K months, that's not really worth it, right? (laughs) Like you're already at 8,000 per month. So you don't, I mean, 10K, like you're gonna be able to figure that out. But what about if the program is 12 months long? So now you, your client should be expected to earn $50,000 on their own already in annual revenue over 12 months because that's the length of your program. But that would also be their annual revenue is 50, right? Because the person for the six-month program, that is somebody who's already at $100,000. Program is 12 months, $50,000 in annual revenue and the length of the program. That puts them at $4,000. for monthly revenue. That, if your goal is to earn 10K months, that program objective is now a better fit for somebody who's at $50,000 in annual revenue. 
And this actually makes sense, I think, especially for somebody, these new business owners that everyone keeps targeting. It typically takes two to three years to see profitability on average. So a longer program actually makes sense. What would we do differently if we were planning for profitability to take two to three years? How would your savings change if you knew it was going to take you on average two to three years, right? So a 5K program that's a year long seems to suit the target market of most 5K programs aiming to get people to 10K months. Now, keep in mind that I'm not questioning this whole 10K months thing because that's an odd definition of success, but I need to keep certain things fixed as a factor. So, or else I'm going to be talking to you for like three hours, which is why there's so many podcast episodes. So it's like when we were talking in the episode about, in the episode about whether or not high ticket coaching, like high ticket, the concept of high ticket, was that a problem? I had to create an isolation chamber for high ticket. I had to create, I had to explore high ticket as a concept in isolation. And in isolation, I mean, isolated from uh, high pressure sales, isolated from manipulative marketing. Those things aside, if you do all of those things in an ethical fashion, you market ethically, you sell ethically, is high ticket in and of itself a problem? And my conclusion to that was no, definitely check out that episode. But that's also what we're doing here when we examine like, okay, if you want to get people to 10K months, well, if that's like your banner, like if that's like, that's what I'm going with, that's what I'm going with, Ruthie. Well, it would make sense if your program was a year long to charge 5K. It would. That would make the most sense. So if you want to play around with those numbers, again, we should have it up on the website, but there's a calculator, coaching program investment calculator, and you can manipulate the program amount, the fee charged for the program. You can manipulate the, and by manipulate, I just mean change. Sorry. So you can change the program amount, the program fee. You can change the percentage. So let's say for your budget, you've allotted 15% of your revenue to go towards coaching and consulting, then you could change that. You could change it from 10 to 15%, and that would then change your numbers. And you can also change the program length. So if you've got, let's say it's a $50,000 program, but it's over 12 months, it will tell you what your expected monthly revenue should be prior to paying for that. And if you're a coach or a consultant kind of testing pricing for an offer, then it will tell you what your target prospect, your ideal prospect would be earning without you. Yeah, without you. And this is important, right? Like even for these coaches, right? Or consultants, service businesses, entrepreneurs, anybody who's making like in that beginning stages where you're generating, okay, now we're at like $50,000, let's say. It's important for you to be able to get there. It proves a certain amount of like business acumen. It proves some processes, some understanding, some commitment, ability to commit to a particular path long enough to earn $50,000, right? In a, in a you know, closed off amount of time. So that is something that we should consider. There's a reason and we have to be careful. We have to be cognizant of this. And I explored it in the episode, Should You Pitch Prospects Who Have No Capital or Revenue? So definitely check that out. But there's a reason why we need clients or prospects to be able to reach a certain level using the resources that are available to them. And so if somebody has made less than $50,000 and they don't have any capital, they didn't plan, you know, take out a business loan to plan to build up the business or anything like that, then they need to be checking out resources like SCORE and maybe state or local level business incubators and things like that, that they have access to low cost or free resources that are incredibly high quality. So 
that's what that is. Definitely check out the calculator. Let me know if I jacked it up. <laughs> and I'm interested to know your thoughts. I, I feel like this this one may cause a stir. I don't know, but we'll see. So thanks for joining me and definitely check out those other episodes that I mentioned in this episode if you haven't. Otherwise, I will talk to you again next time. If you have any coach, consultant, or entrepreneur friends who need to hear this pricing logic, please share this episode with them. Podcasts don't have an algorithm that serves up what people enjoy listening to. So your shares are the top way new people find the Defiant Business Podcast. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Status Quo Biz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.